She jumps out of that motherfucker like Rambo, dude, like fucking Terminator. And she's in high heels. And she's got two turkeys. And she hooks up down the street. And I'm chasing her. I'm like, go back here, bitch. You know? She's like, fuck yeah. She, she runs off with the turkeys. Buyback. Yeah, baby. Oh, man. The Buyback Podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. Yo. Hey. Can you see us? All right. We got it. All right. All right. right. What's, up, man? What's happening, fellas? How, How are, are you? you? Good. How you doing? Doing okay, doing yeah. okay. Well, uh, what, 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 yeah, what do you got? It's Jameson Orange. It's it's some kind of shit. I don't know. It's, is it? Does it taste like like orange juice? What's it taste like? It's got an orange flavor. It's really not that bad if you mix oh. it with water. All right. Just what I had here. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm not just around. <laughs> I'll drink whatever the fuck you put in front of me, dude. Fair, man. What's up, it's dude? Just the closest bottle at the time. I like that. Yeah. Welcome to the Buyback Podcast. Uh, my name is John. I'm Alex. Okay. And and what we do is we, we talk to bartenders or former bartenders or servers or musicians uh, about what it's like to, to be in bars and, and work in bars. So I've really, done it all. Yeah. yeah. I've done all of the above. I've taken all the, the shit jobs. I, I don't know. How, I can curse on here. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Can you curse. can curse. You can drink. You can. <laughs> yeah. I you can do whatever you want. PG rated shit is it? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Your name is Mike. Yeah. Mike Colgan. I'm from a little shit town right outside of New Orleans. We'll just say New Orleans because nobody knows the town I'm from. I grew up in the area. I'm a bartender around here for probably 20 years. I'm not bartending anymore. I aged out 48. I'm fucking old. Is that when you <laughs> age out 48? I don't know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Did you get a pension with that when you, you know, get to 48 as a bartender? Because <laughs> you have to get out of the bar business. You have to stop bartending before you go bald. Unless you're already bald, then you know, fuck it, whatever. That's a good <laughs> rule. I've never bald before too. I like that rule. Alex is bald under that hat. You just can't. Oh tell. yeah. Is he? Let me see that shit. Motherfucker! I still got some left. There you go. Most of it fell out. So, what are you doing? You go back to bars. You still got hair. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> So I got a quick question, just because we connected through Facebook. So I saw it said you're from Hawaii. Are you not from Hawaii? No, I just I, that was just some bullshit I put them on. Facebook, <laughs> it's just a good story. It is. I grew up in a little ta- little shit town called Pearl River, man. It's a fucking redneck town. You know, it's about 15 miles from here. That is exciting. You know, I went to Hawaii last year. I went to Maui last year. My buddy's from there. Just tell us about the bars that you have worked in. I know it's been it's been a minute. You can name drop if you want. Um, I worked at Razoo's on Bourbon Street, which was fucking wild. You know, yeah. I mean, it's bourbon. I worked at a place called Bimini Bay. It's been closed down for a long time, but it was it was pretty wild too. I mean, it was real high volume, just a lot of crazy shit going on in there. And the tips sometimes were, were fucking drugs instead of money. You know, they just throw whatever, <laughs> whatever they got in their pocket, they throw it at your lighter. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people were broke. You know, it was a lot of, it was a broke college kid bar. People mm. would come in, it's, you know, five bucks all you can drink from eight to 10. So they would just come in and get fucking smashed from eight to 10, you know, and spend all their money. Did yeah. you start Wait, out on so- Bourbon Street? Did, how did you get started in the restaurant industry? Um, the restaurant industry, man, I, I started out working in the restaurant industry when I was about, shit, I think 15 or 16. I was in high school. I was fucking broke. So, you know, I took a job as a busboy. I got drafted into different positions because 
if you had half a brain, they're like, oh, come over here and cook. And I'm like, I don't know how to fucking cook, dude. What am I going to cook? And the guy's like, just read what's on the fucking wall and cook steaks. So, yeah, I actually worked cooking steaks for a little while at Shoney's. I worked the dish pit, cooked steaks. I worked the busboy job, just whatever they needed me. You know, it was late night craziness. They had a late night buffet and everybody's fucked up. You know, everybody's coming in all trashed and there's people throwing up and just passing out of tables. It was kind of wild. I mean, I was a young kid and. Louisiana back then, I think if you were 15 or 16, you could you could just work any job. So, you know, that's that's what I needed to do. Sometimes my friends would come in fucked up and throw shit at me, you know, and I'd, I'd fucking throw shit back at them, and I got fired <laughs> several times. But the place was – there was a – you know, the restaurant, if you know – I mean, you guys have talked to a lot of people, obviously. The restaurant in industry is full of fucking maniacs. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember there was – there was this woman that worked in the back, you know, and she told all of us, hey, I'm, I'm claustrophobic. So if I walk in the walk-in cooler, don't close the door. So, you know, she walks in the walk-in cooler. We close the door and slide the little pin in, turn the light off. And three seconds later, it's like a, a, a full-grown rhino is hitting this fucking door. He, the guys in there were like, oh, fuck. I was like, if we let her out, she's going to fucking kill us. It's like <laughs> crazy. And they finally let her out. The first thing she did was grab a fucking butcher knife. And start chasing everybody around the restaurant, you know, and everybody had to, the whole back kitchen area. She didn't know who it was, so everybody had to evacuate this motherfucker on, like, a Friday night. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, she sits outside and holds us at knife point, you know. I will kill you, motherfuckers, you know. <laughs> All right. So, wow. I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of how I got to start. That was the restaurant side. I mean, mm-hmm. I worked at places like Copeland's and, you know, I worked at other restaurants when I was in college. I worked at this mm-hmm. little Italian restaurant. You know, there's just so much crazy shit that happens in restaurants. I mean, that, that kind of grooms you for the bar business. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I started working at this little Italian restaurant. I'm not going to mention the name because the guy might fucking kill me, but <laughs> <laughs> for real. Connected? <laughs> yeah. I, I go in one morning. I used to open up. You know, I was in college at the time, you know, and I'm, I open up and I hear gunshots. Pop, pop, pop. I'm like, oh, fuck, we're getting robbed, you know? So, you know, I'm from Louisiana, you know, crazy down here. So I go to my car, I get my fucking pistol, you know, come back inside. And I'm going all over the restaurant and I get to the back and it's the owner. He's this little short Italian guy and he's back there with a nine millimeter shooting at rats. <laughs> in the fucking <laughs> Like we're in a strip mall, dude. He shot holes all in the back of the fucking building. You know, here. I'm like, Sal, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I'm shooting at the fucking rats. That's a... There's fucking rats in this building, you know? And he had shot the ceiling. He shot the, the back wall. He shot the walk-in coolers. Wait. It's not crazy shit, you know? I mean, yeah. uh, so many people, you guys talk to them in restaurant business. Yeah. I mean, I'm real with my shit, you know? And most people that work in restaurants can, you know, attest to it, you know, the, the crazy yeah. shit that goes down in restaurants. You know, you have to put on a certain face, but there's no rules after that. Yep. Yeah. And then from the yeah. restaurants, you transitioned over into bars and you got into Bourbon Street, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that was years later, but I mean, you know, it's, I, I, I did a little bit in between. I was working at a place called Copeland's, you know, that's a big staple down here in New Orleans. And, uh, what? My wife's over there talking shit. She's, she's like, oh, don't forget about that one. Where was that? Oh, yeah, Copeland's. Copeland's. Copeland's was a crazy place, too. You know, there was like 100 plus people working there. And, you know, the, and like every now and then we'd have corporate come in, you know, this, the uh a lady from corporate came in she sat us all down she's like she's like we're doing a mandatory drug test everybody here 
Everybody's fine. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, 100, pe- 100 plus people in, in the dining room area. There's a big old black lady that worked in the back. She was a prep cook. And she was crazy as fuck, you know. All the prep cooks are crazy anyway. So she starts laughing. <laughs> she starts laughing. And then everybody starts laughing. You know, the whole place erupts in laughter. And she starts calling everybody out. She's like, well, she said, you're going to have to fire the front of the house because all the motherfuckers is on cocaine and, and heroin. She's like, in the dish pit, it's on crack and heroin. And everybody in the back smokes weed. And she said, and the general manager's hired heroin right now, bitch. And the whole place, the whole place erupted in laughter so fucking loud that this lady from corporate just left. She just, yeah. <laughs> she's like, all right, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm going, you know, but I mean, we, at the time we were the, you know, we were the, a finely tuned machine, if you will. I mean, everybody there was like a fucking misfit, you know, we were all drunks, you know, and then you know, they had to, the sex of drug addicts and whatever else you, whatever other people were into, you know, whatever, you know, but I mean, it worked, you know, yeah. and then they, we told the lady, look, we're, we're, we're your top store. Don't fuck with what we got going on here. This little yeah. chaos we got going on here is the, a recipe for success. So, yeah, that's wild. I mean, so, now Bourbon, Bourbon Street, you know, I did it when I was younger, and then I did it years later. I had a, I had a friend named Angie, and Angie runs a whole. She at the time she ran a, she ran pretty much all the popping places on Bourbon, mm-hmm. and uh, she called me up. She's like, "Look, I need some people to come down from Montreal, some people that can sling fucking drinks." She wanted some, you know, some high volume people, and. At the time, it was kind of a shit show because there's a lot of guys working there that were barbacks that were in line to, you know, they're in line to bartend. But I guess maybe they weren't fast enough or whatever, didn't have enough experience. So, you know, just going in there, I had to eat a lot of shit, you know, from the barbacks. Barbacks like, fuck you, new guy, you know, and I'm like, all right, whatever, motherfucker, just <laughs> can I have some ice, please? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just want my ice. Are there any non-high volume bars on bourbon street could you find a bar where you could sit like just a dive bar have a beer have a shot and it's not crazy you know most of the cool places are kind of on the outskirts mm-hmm. you know there's a little street that a lot of people don't even know about behind bourbon street called frenchman frenchman mm-hmm. is the shit man i don't know yeah. if you've ever been there but yeah. frenchman is a little strip of live music venues cool ass places i mean you can walk in there pretty much any night of the week and see somebody famous just jump up on the stage, start playing, you know what I mean? Right. And there's a lot of, dude, I mean, I've lived here my whole life. My wife and I sometimes just go down there. We find a new dive bar to hit, you know what I mean? Because there's, there's so many little ones off, you know, there's a place called the Abbey on Decatur. It's a shithole. I mean, don't get me, don't get mad at me, Abbey. <laughs> but, you know, it's a little shithole, but they got that bunch of cool stuff on the jukebox, you know, and you can go there and get like a shot of Jameson and a beer for $5 or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. See, that's it's my just, kind of bar. I like that, yeah. You know, and there's there's service, there's a place called, I probably shouldn't say this, but there's a place called Sneaky Pete's, you know, and, and Sneaky Pete's has a lot of service industry people come in early in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. which all the dive bars do. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the best time to be in those dive bars is early yeah. in the morning, like around Mardi Gras. You got all these people who work night shift, man, they come in, you know, and there's people, this guy who we were there one day and this Every 15 minutes, the guy says, I got to go feed my nose. And he'd go to the bathroom and he'd come back and he's got, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever you know, he's doing. Over sugar, whatever, whatever he's doing in the bathroom, you know. But, yeah. 
Yeah. He just comes back with a hole over his nose every 15 minutes. I got to beat my nose, you know, so. What time's closing time in New Orleans? What time do the bars close? No, no yeah. closing time. There's and no closing close. time at all. You can get booze at any time of the night. Yeah, yeah. You can, it, if you can't find a bar over in New Orleans, something bad happened. Like, <laughs> it's the end of the world. world. <laughs> yeah. Even during Katrina, man. Katrina, everything's wiped out. There were still people drinking in the bars. You know, yeah. I mean, that tells you anything. They, they don't really close. I mean, even, even during Mardi Gras, some of the places might close around like 5 a.m., you know, five to seven, just mm-hmm. to clean up all the, the shit and the puke and the blood and the, sometimes the people. Yeah. You know, like I went there, or I had to work at, I had to start my shift at 7 a.m. one time, Mardi Gras day. And uh, I went to take a piss in the bathroom. There's, there's a naked guy in, laying in the urinal. I mean, he's butt ass naked. He shit himself. There's puke on him. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I mean, this place is. It's 7 a.m. I didn't open yet, bro. <laughs> so, I mean, you never know. Actually, my friend Angie that got me the job, I don't know what happened to this page. She had a page called uh, Sleepy Friends on Bourbon. I, I, you know, I don't know if she got sued. I don't know what happened. But, I mean, she worked, She was a staple on Bourbon. You know, she worked there for years. So, she took pictures. Every time she'd come to work, there's always somebody passed out on a stoop. You know, there's a lot of homeless people. There's a lot of people that just come to New Orleans. There might be lawyers in Chicago, and they get fucked up and get passed out on the street, and you know, and they're laying in a pile of whatever, party gravy. But, you know, and a lot of times when you come to work in the morning, the, you know, the, the cleanup guys will just kick them off the stoop, and they'll spray the street down, and sometimes they'll spray the people down, you know, depending on what's on them. But Angie had this this compilation of all these just thousands of pictures of people that were fucked up, you know, people that were, that were in trash cans and <laughs> shopping carts, you know, and just passed out on the street. I mean, I don't know whatever happened to it, but I'm going to find out. I hope she listens to this because I'm going to yeah. find out what happened. Yeah. It, Did you call it party gravy? Yeah, part, party gravy. You know, just when you come to Bourbon, dude, I, I try to explain this to all of my out of town friend we have friends all over my wife and i got friends all over the fucking world mm-hmm. when they come to new orleans every now and then i'll see one of them walking you know in flip-flops sandals i'm like dude don't walk on bourbon and flip-flops or sandals because you know like the plumbing down here is 300 years old you know yeah. what i mean so every now and then some shit just bubbles up out of a manhole you know and if there's it's vomit you know especially mardi gras so terrible I see all these people from out of town walking, these poor ladies walking with their shoes off, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, put your fucking shoes on. <laughs> There's actually a video around of some guy swimming in the puddle on in the curb on bourbon, and he picks up a cup off the street and drinks some of it. Ooh, no, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, look look it up. That guy, I promise you, that guy <laughs> didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> That motherfucker's immune to everything. He's <laughs> got superpowers at this point. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, so you transitioned out of the bars and now you're a musician and you play, just, yeah. is that your your gig now? Actually, you know, I went from bartending to, to management and mm-hmm. and we opened a place and we owned a place. My wife and I owned a place. We had oh. a partner, you know, and the bar business is fucking rough, man. People don't know that. A lot of people... You know, they want to open their own, I'm open my own bar, you know, and they've never been in the fucking bar business, man, but they don't realize it will eat you alive. It will fucking kill you, you know, turn you into a, the, the worst night owl there is, it, it turn you into a drunk, you know, and if, if you don't 
keep it in check. I kind of had to get out, man, because I know that, you know, that I had way more fun bartending than I ever did managing or owning. You know what I mean? I probably made more fucking money. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a dream, man, you know, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I, dude, I had so much, I had the time of my fucking life, you know, and I met some of the coolest people from all over the planet. But, you know, one day we decided to, to sell out and I got out and I went to work in the oil field, you know, a, a oil field electrician. And, uh, you know, just the fates had it in for me. And this, you know, six foot four dumb motherfucker came down a ladder on top of my head and, and broke my spine. Holy yeah, shit. I had a spine injury. Fucked yeah. me all up. You know, I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. fucked up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I was I got depressed for a while and I'd done music earlier in life. You know, my dad was a lifetime musician and I knew all the musicians, you know, from the bar business. Yeah. And I played with a couple of bands at college, you know, and some, some guys put me together with these monster fucking musicians. They're like, hey, these guys want you to come, you know, start a band with them. So we did. Mm-hmm. We started a band called Rhythm Chasers, man. And, you know, it started off as kind of just just fun fucking off in bars. But I mean, it's kind of blown up. In our area, I mean, we fuck we're playing festivals and we're actually working doing it now. You know, it's actually yeah. it, it's kind of like work now. So, so we're still in, we still do the bars though. You know, a lot of a lot of guys get into music. You know, they want to do the festivals. I still want to do the bars because because to me that's that's where the bars are where everybody that does music got known. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't fuck who you are, dude. You, you didn't just pop up out of nowhere. You played a shit show to four people. <laughs> You, know, you played a shit show to four people one night sometime in your life, man. You just didn't, you didn't play to big crowds. Right. The bars are where it is. And I love the smaller places. Like there's a place called the landing where we live. It's this little cool bar on the water and it's got, you know, there's a nice little patio in the back. And some of the, some of the most badass fucking musicians you've ever seen just come and play this place all the time. You know, they're, they're booked every, they're booked solid every weekend. The place is packed every weekend. It's just a small, small, you know, single owner. It's not corporate. It's one lady that's owned it for very decent. You know, she's owned it, shit, 32 years by herself. You know, they got a restaurant, man. It's so cool, man. You know, and that's, I love that part. You know, sometimes I have to talk my guys into it. They're like, we're going to play a fucking another bar. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to play a bar, dude. That's where the fun's at, man. That's where all the drunk, crazy people are always in the bar, you know? Yeah. That's that's really why why you know we all like doing it. Like I said, though, I I came up in that culture. You know, these guys they played music in it, but they they don't get it like I do. You know, mm-hmm. like our first our first gig was at a place called Old Town Tavern in Slidell. In fact, my friend Sarah was the one that tagged me on this shit. I call her Pepper. You want a story? Here we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sarah. <you. laughs> it was a place called. Uh, Boiling Point. All right, Sarah worked at Boiling Point. Sarah was bartender at Boiling Point. And uh, right at the time I was getting out of the bar business, I used to go in there a good bit. You know, and they, they were closing down because the place was, you know, they were renting the place, but it was kind of falling down. So they had their, the last night they were open. So we all just went in there, you know, and, and fucking raged all night. And all the regulars and all the bar people, all the bar, it was mostly just bartenders and, you know, former bartenders and just local bar people. So we all went there and we got all fucked up. And, you know, end of the night, I'm trashed. And I asked Sarah, you know, I'm like, hey, can I have my tab? She gives it to me. For some reason, I just ate it. I knew how much it was. You know, I was drinking all day. I'm like, ha, ah, ha, give me that tab. It was like 40, 50 bucks, whatever. So I take it and I eat it. Oh, oh you literally, literally ate it. 
the bar tab, not the tab. All right, so the end of the night, you know, I eat my tab, and there was another bartender there named Rob, Rob Demai. All right, so I'm gonna call out Rob now. I was fucking with Rob. I had a, I had a, what was it? A, I don't know, a salt or pepper or something, pepper shaker, or whatever. And he was, he was doing something behind the bar, and I put the pepper in his pocket. You know, he laughed. He didn't really laugh, but he, he you know, ha <laughs> fuck you, you know. You know how it is when you're working, man. If you're working, nothing's funny. Everything that's funny to everybody else is not funny to the bartender. Like, ha ha ha, fuck you. <laughs> so after I eat my tab, Sarah decides that she's gonna come up behind me and dump this pepper down the crack of my ass, right? But little did I know that it's it was some kind of Chinese red pepper, some of the hottest shit on earth, right? Mm-hmm. So about you know, 45 seconds in, I'm starting to feel the heat. The top of my head starts sweating, and I, I sobered up real quick. I'm like, what the fuck did you, what did it do? What'd you do to me? She said, ha ha, you know, I put pepper in your ass. And, dude, it was it was bad. Like, I had to leave. I had to leave because I was so mad. Like, they had the door locked, and I almost tore the door off the building. I was so pissed off. <laughs> I was there last night, you know. Kind of crazy, but it yeah. got so bad in the car that I had to, I told my wife, I said, pull into a gas station. She's like, for what? I'm like, just pull into a gas station. I'm on fire. My ass is on fire. So <laughs> <laughs> she pulled into the gas station. I go to the cooler, you know, and I've been sprayed with, with pepper spray, you know, before by the, by the police or whoever it was. Somebody sprayed it in the bar one time. But I know the only thing that deactivates it is milk. Right, so I go in there and I grab two gallons. Now, if you, you ever bought gas station milk, that shit is like eleven dollars a gallon, you know. So I go in the bathroom and I, I saw the girl behind the counter look at me like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" <laughs> I go in the bathroom, I, I drop them, and I pour both gallons of milk down the crack of my ass. Dude, this part is so bad. Did it help? Oh yeah, it helped a lot. It helped a lot. Oh, good. Like I'm telling you, my my taint was blistered. It's crazy. I just I just imagine that it was like a it was like a hot pepper enema almost. Oh, like just it was it was some of the most some of the most excruciating pain I've felt in my life. And I've been through some crazy shit. Yeah. So I set the, I set the milks on the counter, you know, and the uh, the chick's just looking at me. She goes, uh. Should I ask? I'm like, no, just just charge me through the fucking milk. And I walked out. And I always wondered after that what she was thinking. You know, like yeah. she's probably thinking, what? What did this guy do with that fucking milk in the bathroom? She probably she's probably told that story a few times. Yeah. Was there did, was, did, was there just milk all over the floor in the bathroom or did no, like... I didn't go to the toilet? I'm sure. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I I drank a lot that day, so I'm sure there was probably a little that I didn't. <laughs> all right. All right. We're gonna um, way past that. What, you what's probably your to mop up some milk and ass water and hot pepper, you know. So. <laughs> Smelled yeah. real weird in there. Yeah, yeah. What's your instrument in your band? What do you play? I'm I'm the front man. I'm the singer. You're the singer. Yeah. All right. I'm the hype right. man, dude. I gotta. Nice. Yeah. I gotta get yeah. the crowd stirred up. So All this right, is actually so- like really cool because we've never talked to anyone who plays music in bars. What is your biggest? annoyance from people in bars like what's your biggest pet peeve when you're playing music what annoys the shit out of you from people in the bar jesus christ well i got so many <laughs> just lay them on us just keep going you know it's 
it would probably be people that want to come up on the stage and hug you in the middle of a fucking song with a drink in their hand, right? You know, like my guitar player has a new guitar pedal. He's probably playing a $5,000 guitar and his pedal's probably three or four, you know, and he, he waited a year to get this state-of-the-art guitar pedal that does everything. And the first night he had it, somebody dumped a fucking drink on it. Oh, no. It didn't, it didn't kill it. But, right. you know, it has killed several things on our stage, you know, like, it, you know, I, I know they're just trying to, you know, they just want to, hey, hey, motherfucker, you know, they want to dap you in the middle of it, like when you're in the middle of the <laughs> middle of a song. Hey, you know, it, I love that shit. I love the enthusiasm. But, you know, and every now and then you're like, hey, you got to get the fuck off the stage. You know, you, you can't be up here right now. Right. Actually, one of our first shows, a guy, we were playing at this kind of outdoor bar. And it was the stage was raised. It's right on the beach. So my, my drummer is already kind of a crazy motherfucker. And this dude, I don't know what he was on. He was either fucked up on something, but he crawls up the stage through the drums and he wants to fight me, like right in the middle of the song. I don't know what's I don't remember what song it was. <laughs> Who's a shitty band? Was it the cure? No, we don't do the cure, but it was probably a cure song. Okay. Anyway, you know, the guy's just like I'm going to fuck you up, you know, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on there, buddy, you know, and my, you know, my bar, my bar instinct almost kicked in, you know, and the stage is almost, is equivalent to somebody jumping over your bar. Mm. I used to tell people all the time, they're like, I'll jump the bar. I'm like, well, you're not going to like it. You know, <laughs> you're going to get a bottle smashed on the fucking head. You're going to get your head shoved in ice. Well, you're going to get something bad, you know? Yeah. Because there's people in the bar that are just waiting for, other people to fuck up and jump the bar, you know? Yeah. So that was the equivalent, you know, I'm, I got this microphone in my hand. It weighs about a pound and a half. And I'm like, all right, do I smash his fucking head in with it? Or do I, should I be cool? You know? And I just started back in music. So I'm like, shit, I gotta be cool. So I'm like, you know, I pushed the guy to the edge of the stage. I'm like, look, brother, you gotta, you gotta go down this way. So waiting at the edge of the stage were these two monster fucking bouncers, right? These guys, 300 pounds a piece. As soon as he steps off, he takes a swing at one of them, you know? And I can see his, you know, out of the corner of my eye, I'm still singing a song and I watch his body go, like I, <laughs> I, I see, I see his feet lift and go that way. So, you know, I don't know what they did to him. I'm sure they just had a, a stern talking. Oh, I could do. Yeah. yeah. Is it in every bar in, um, on Bourbon Street in New Orleans, it's it just, there's always bouncers around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the dive bars don't. I don't think most people don't understand about New Orleans. Dive bars don't have bouncers, but dive bar bartenders will fucking kill you. <laughs> you know, if you go in and then try to attack, even don't think that, that women are the weaker sex here because some of these female bartenders in New Orleans will fuck you up. Hmm. Like, there's a, what's her, what's the one's name? Knockout Nikki. <laughs> There's a there's a bar called Spirits on Bourbon, and there's this chair. They they sit you down in the chair and they spin you, you know, get you, get you all dizzy. And then they pour shots of tequila, and they have this you know this bartender with big old boobs, and she rubs them in your face, and it's all cool, you know. But she's she's doing that to some guy, and this chick slaps her slaps her on the ass. And it was during the Red Dress Run down here. I don't know if you know what that is, but forty thousand people dress up in dresses and. Just run down the street. It's, okay. it's New Orleans. Sounds yeah. like a great party. <laughs> anyway, some chick from the red dress run decides it's going to be a good idea 
to slap this bartender on her ass. The bartender turns around and just knocks the shit out of her. And it was on video. It went viral, you know. So she got the nickname of Knockout Nikki. <laughs> People didn't fuck with her anymore. But that's, yeah. that's, that's par for the course with, with bartender chicks from the city, man. I mean, yeah. you know, if you, if you notice, if you read the news you know, around New Orleans, you never hear about bartenders getting robbed. Yeah, because they all got guns. They all got yeah. guns. They all got knives, like razors. They have a backup for a backup, you know. Because yeah. I mean, New Orleans is a dangerous city, man. And it's, yeah. and it's not just it's not because of of politics or you know it's not because of the times. Or, I mean, New Orleans has been dangerous for three hundred years. Yeah. I mean, three hundred years ago, it was pirates shooting each other in the fucking street. You know, like you talk shit to somebody in Lafitte's, and you know. They challenge you to a duel in the city. Yeah, we've done. Know, our, you've we've ever, done you ever been to the city? Like Lafitte's is a is a tourist trap, but it's also one of my favorite places to go. It's also haunted, from what we've understood. It's, yeah, we did a haunted. Yeah, we did a haunted episode about Lafitte's. If you just go in Lafitte's on any given night and just stand in the back, it's guaranteed that something is just gonna. You know, yeah, yeah. You can't explain what it is. I mean, who who knows? Who cares? Well, but yeah, um, Lafitte. We we dress up. Every year I dress up like a chicken and go down there on Mardi Gras day and just I'll have a Bloody Mary at Lafitte's at about 6 a.m. So this started off. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So um, you just said Mardi Gras day, right? Is Mardi Gras only a day? I thought it was a whole thing. Oh, no, no. No, Mardi Gras starts normally three or four weeks ahead. You got all the areas around New Orleans like Slidell, Mandeville, Covington. They all start having parades. New Orleans has a, a lot of parades, too. Um I mean, New Orleans will start off their parades. I think New Orleans maybe lasts two, two and a half weeks. Yeah. It's, it's a constant shit show for two and a half weeks. <laughs> but there's a lot of really cool shit about Mardi Gras that people don't see. You know, that, that people that only come in and they only hang out on bourbon, they don't see all the cool shit. You know, like when the parades at the floats are lining up, they have a thing called the Battle of the Bands, you know, and all the high school bands, the best bands in the state. They face off, you know, and they, they play against each other, and it's, it's yeah. the parades all start. I've done shots with all kind of famous people, you know, on like right there on St. Charles where all the parades line up and shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, and there's always somebody, you know, riding an Orpheus. I mean, Harry Connick Jr., Steve Buscemi. I mean, there's been a, a lot of people that have just showed up to Mardi Gras and fucking gotten in a parade. From Kiss was in it a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. which I don't know if anybody likes him, but whatever. <laughs> He's still pretty cool, man. He's like years old. Out of curiosity, do you think there's any place as wild as New Orleans that you've been, or just in general, like any like? Because we're both we we both worked in New York City bars, and and it's it's crazy, and we stay open until four a.m. And I mean, weekends can be wild, but it doesn't sound like anything like New Orleans. You know, Chicago's got some crazy places, man. We, my wife and I, used to go to Chicago a good bit and go to Riot Fest. And uh, yeah, one year while we were there, we just we were hanging out at this bar called Reggie's in Chinatown. Reggie's was kind of cool, but we said, all right, let's do the tourist thing. So we picked up our phones and we looked up the 10 best shithole dive bars in Chicago. Did you get the one under the bridge? It's like the goat. Yeah, we went to we wound up at the Liars Club. There was a place called the Liars Club. Shithole dive bar, man. I, I met this guy, Mark, when we were in Chicago and he used to run the Cobra Lounge in Chicago, which was, you know, one of the bigger, you know, live music joints in um, Chicago. So we got to know him a little bit. And, and, you know, at the end of the night, he just, for some reason, he was just there at the Liars Club. The Liars Club was on the list. We go in there and Mark's there. 
you know, when Mark left town, they had put stickers all over Chicago with his face on it and shit because he was so well known down there. And I, it's crazy. I think he lives in Kentucky now or somewhere. But anyway, long story short, we wound up at Liars Club all night. It was a fucking wild ass place. You know, everybody in there was crazy. Everybody was cool. You know, mostly bar people. And, you know, end of the night, we're in there with Mark. So I don't think we paid for anything, but. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember a lot of what happened. Like that was yeah. the beginning of Uber. So yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I mean we could have gotten killed by some random Uber driver, but yeah. we made it. We made it back. I feel like Uber so, back then was actually safer than it is now. Uber now is yeah. more dangerous. We've been to a lot of places. I've been to a lot of places. You know, I've been all over the freaking world, and there's there's really nothing like New Orleans. I mean, Dublin, Dublin is close. Yeah, Dublin is fucking cool, man. That was yeah. like a clean New Orleans. And, you know, when we went, I was expecting to see all these crazy fucking Irish people fighting and drunk. And there was none of that. I mean, it was all the, the Irish people can handle their shit. You know what I mean? So. And their live it, music. It's their live music for me. I yeah. love seeing music there. Oh, man. We saw um, we saw a, a group of kids play Rose Tattoo in the street in Dublin, you know, on, what is it, Trinity Square? And we watched this, this little music group of probably... 12 to 15 year old kids play play some Irish folk music in the, in the street, man. It was just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody was there was so cool and everybody was just, just laid back. The only drunk dipshits we saw, honestly, were Americans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that makes sense. Yeah. We're American. What's the uh, grossest thing you've ever dealt with? Yeah. Now let's do that. Have you ever dealt with some gross stuff, whether it's bartending, managing, owning, being a oh musician? The, the gross shit, you know, I have a list a mile long of gross things. I mean, yeah. Like I said, my buddy, uh, my old ball shooting at rats. Uh, we had this thing I called the booger incident. We had this uh, this bartender named Sammy, and uh, this is where we owned the bar. And everybody what was, took what turns, was the name of your you know, bar that you owned? Timeout. Is it still there? Uh, they sold it. It's it's called uh, Electric Avenue now. Not as cool. <laughs> it's still a cool place. You know, it's a younger crowd. Like I said, I'm I'm the the previous. I'm two generations back. You know, so it's a lot of youngsters, man. Everybody's. 23 25 you know it's it's a young my wife actually dj's there a lot so we still go and she dj's in our old bar and i go there i I know all the bartenders and i think it's funny though because when i go in there you know they they think i'm full of shit because i tell them i'm like you know i built this bar we i spent a year this building was like 100 and 130 years old they got ruined in katrina i was actually working next door to a place called daiquiri bay which was a but one of the wild, probably the wildest place I ever worked. It's insane every night. You know, just fights and crazy shit going on. But you know, when I tell the bartenders there at the place now, you know, I'm like, you know, I built this place. I laid those fucking bricks. You know, I caught a guy lying one night. This guy was trying to hit on this girl. He's like, you see that brick bar? You know, that's been here since the 1800s and this and that. You know, and I'm, I'm listening to the guy's story. I'm like, I was like, you know, I don't want to stop you, man. I ain't trying to. I'm not trying to fuck up your game, but I laid those bricks, dude. Like, I put that shit there. <laughs> you lie, you're full of shit. And I, I pulled up the album on my Facebook, you know, of all the pictures, you know, where, where we were going step by step, redoing the building. It really is a cool ass building. It's got like these big rolled out tin ceilings. I mean, before it, it was, it was a dive bar. It was kind of shitty before, you know. I mean, it was a great place. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of people, after we redid it, made it nice. A lot of people hated it after that because mm. they, they said, you know, you you kind of stole the charm. I'm like, you didn't have any fucking charm. Like the, the plumbing used to back up, and there were turds on the patio. You know, it was terrible <laughs> before, but you know, yeah. people like what they like. So you know, yeah. 
What are you gonna do? You're I don't gonna, remember where I was going. With you that. were going. Yeah. Bring it back. Booger incident. The booger oh, incident. Oh, gross, gross, gross. Oh yeah, booger, booger incident. <laughs> anyway, I was I was giving you some backstory. I'm sorry. I'm fucking rambling. <laughs> it's one of the toughest guys you can meet, right? This guy jumped the bar, kicked five guys' asses, no problem. But we all had to take turns cleaning the bathrooms, including myself and my wife. You know, we own the place. We still spray vomit off the walls. You know, every night we used to call it the shotgun because you know. Every other night or so, I really don't know what people eat or their what's going on with them. But just about every other night, you know, there was there would be shit five feet up the wall. It's like they bent over, you know, shotgun effect all over the wall. So we go in and spray it down with a hose. But for some reason, the women, the women were just they would always put boogers on the fucking walls, and I don't I didn't understand it. They would sit on the toilet, white boogers on the wall, and we had this guy Sammy, and we tell Sammy, hey, look, it's your turn to clean. And he says, hey, dude, if I touch a booger, I'm going to puke. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Look, it's just a booger. I take a t- paper towel and I wipe it off the wall, and I put it close to him, and he he vomited for 45 minutes. I'm like, well, uh, all right, well, I guess, you know, I guess we won't make Sammy clean up boogers anymore. <laughs> I guess we can't put Sammy on booger duty anymore. You know? Hey, Alex, do you know what time it is? What time is it, John? Well, unfortunately, it's time for a good old-fashioned bathroom break, so we'll be right back after these messages from maybe Alex and maybe our sponsor. So here's the deal. I still love Austin Eastsiders, but we haven't been in contact with them for a while. However, I have been talking to my new friend Jim over at Screwball Whiskey. I don't know if you guys have tried Screwball Whiskey, but it is the perfect peanut butter whiskey. Now, Jim doesn't know that I'm making this ad for him right now, But we have been in talks on doing some stuff together, and he does listen to the podcast. This one goes out to you, Jim. Uh, Make sure to try some screwball whiskey, because it is delightful. Mix it with jelly, put it on your turkey. And we are back. I got some shit jotted down, because I was thinking, I'm going to draw a blank, and I'm glad I did. What, the patio sausage? Oh, yeah. This lady, we used to do... Before Katrina, you know, we used to have, we'd have karaoke and, you know, different shit going on. We had two bars and we had a, uh, we had a patio back there and my wife would do karaoke back there sometimes when people, this lady walks by one day, she goes, are you guys going to have any food tonight? We used to, it was the biggest joke in the bar. I'm like, we've got patio sausage out there, you know, and patio sausage were the turds that would flow up out of the plumbing and get... (laughs) And get onto the patio. I know it's fucking terrible, but you know, you ask for gross stories and I got some good ones. So the plumbing it, is actually that bad that shit floats out of the, the plumbing uh, onto on the, like on the busy nights. You gotta realize that the building was the building was at the time before we redid it, when I was just bartending there and I didn't give a fuck. The plumbing was, you know, hundred and thirty years old, so it would it wouldn't handle that many people. You know, the bathrooms were all little tiny bathrooms and they were way outdated. Like I said, the place was a dive, but, you know, some of the best shit ever happens in dive bars, dude. Some of the best nights of your life, I guarantee you, didn't happen in some crazy corporate bar. It happened in a little shithole dive bar with some idiot bartender friends, you know, and some a few regulars. A few regulars that were cool enough to get to stick around. After the, the door got locked. <laughs> My wife said the old plumbing is why they call them shitholes. Shithole dive bars. Yeah. I watched a buddy of mine. I'm not going to mention his name. I'll call him um, Mark Smith. 
it's this guy, Mark Smith. I don't know if he had a beef with this guy or whatever, but you know, the, the guy had left his vehicle parked outside, you know, everybody's hanging out drinking till 5 AM and, and Mark Smith decides that he's going to go and, and take a shit on this guy's car. I don't know why this conversation went to shit, but anyway, he took a crap on the guy's car and they videoed the whole thing. And it went around to the, the, the little circle of friends that we all have. Nobody else knew. I guess everybody's going to know now, but you know, it's been years later, so fuck it. Yeah. I hope that sh- I hope that turd wasn't too hard to get off. Wow. <laughs> we had a homeless guy come in one night for Patty's day. We were cleaning up the end of the night. We're closed, and uh, we've all been drinking all day. And I see the guy backed up to the urinal, so I just stopped and I'm like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" You know, <laughs> I've been there. You know, everybody working. We're you know, we're all the clopeners. You know, we all closed the night before, and then the time changes on Patty's day where we're at. Uh-huh. You know, so we lose an hour. You know, so we're they do there. the time change on Patty's Day. Yeah, we usually do uh, St. Patrick's Day, which is huge. There's the there's a little area where I'm at called Old Town in Slidell. It's a little strip of bars, like seven or eight bars. It's a real cool little spot. That's where our bar was, and that's where I worked a lot of the time. I was in the bar business. They have the the annual Patty's Day celebration the week before the actual St. Patrick's Day. So it's normally like on the March 12th or something, but. Every time they have it in Slidell, it's on the time change. So time change, time goes back Saturday night or springs forward Saturday night. And then you have to be at the bar because, I mean, there's normally 10, 12, 15,000 people out there. So they close the streets. So you have to be there at 8, 9 a.m. I mean, we would literally close the bar at 5 and start cooking burgers at 7 or 8. Because all, you know, all the people that were fucked up and drunk from the night before and the people that are going to ride in the parade, yeah. you know, they want to come eat and... Oh, yeah, anyway, where I'm, fuck, I think I went off on a tangent. This old man was backed up to the, <laughs> the old man was backed up to the urinal. All right, so I walk in, old man's backed up to the urinal. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he wouldn't speak. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? And he had his pants down. I'm like, I was like, dude, you better not be shitting in there. Better not be shitting in that urinal. Of course, he pulls his pants up, and there's nothing there to wipe with, so he just walks right out. Yeah. And there's a bunch of little skittle poops in the, it looked like a rabbit. You ever seen rabbit turds? Oh, yeah. It was, man. I'm like, so my <laughs> wife is like, what's going on in there? I'm like, I said, this old guy just took a dump in our urinal. She's like, you're fucking kidding me. You know? <laughs> I couldn't think of anything to do, man. I was so pissed off. I wanted to punch this guy. I was like, oh, you motherfucker. You know, we cleaned up most of the bar. Anyway, yeah. anyway, long story short, my wife had to put on a glove and scoop the poop out of the urinal. And you made her do it? You'd have thrown it at the guy, you know, but yeah. I thought about it. You'd have still been around. You made her do it? Well, I mean, you know, we all did take turns. It was her, it was her yeah, night. It was her turn. <laughs> right, dude. It's a bar business. There's, there's no slack. I'm sorry, dude. There's shit going on. There's phones ringing everywhere. <laughs> what is the quietest night in New Orleans? It seems yeah. like it's crazy qu- every night, right? The quietest night yeah. in New Orleans? What, what, did, what day of the year is the quietest in New Orleans? Probably the day after Mardi Gras. Yeah. Everybody's day just- after Mardi Gras, they, they, you know, there's still a lot of people there that stayed in town, but it, it's very quiet and mm. it's not, there's not a lot of rowdiness going on. Yeah. So when does it pick back up? Like, when does it get back to normal after Mardi, Mardi Gras? Is it like it Thursday. Take- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it doesn't take long. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, kind of a seasonal town, man, but it's not anymore. It, it, it's, yeah. it's busy all the time. They got to. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy shit that's going on down here right now. It's, it's your typical inner city. There's a lot of gang shit going on. There's, see, the big thing now is knocking windows out. Like, if you park down there, you're going to get your windows knocked out. 
Uh, These little shithead teen kids, they go and knock windows out. I don't want to bring it down. You know, I don't want to bring the tone down. But, I mean, it's just like any other city, man. I tell people all the time, like, people say, oh, New Orleans is dangerous. I I mean, it's not not more dangerous than any other city, you know. You just got to know where you are. Right. And do your thing. Don't fuck with anybody. And don't act like a tourist. Yeah. Don't walk around fucked up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Somebody's going to knock you in the head. The only time... That Bourbon Street or the French Quarter actually shuts down. Why don't you is come at, over here? It's at midnight. Oh, so they can see you. At midnight on Mardi Gras night, going into the next day, Ash Wednesday, it shuts down at midnight. They clear the streets and clear, make everyone leave the streets. Yeah, but they just push them in the bars. But it's the only time the street is ever empty and considered closed, and all the bars close until like 10 o'clock the next morning. No, and no, no. They, they push people in the bars. They push people in the bars. Yeah. They clear the streets so the, the you know the um the uh, trash people can come and mm-hmm. clean all the the shit the party gravy and the shit. Bourbon Street only gets cleaned once a year. No, so. no, they, they clean it every day. <laughs> but I mean, if you yeah. were to, if you were to see the pile of trash that's that they pick up after you know Mardi Gras, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. What are the actual dates of Mardi Gras? Mm, it or changes. Around. It changes every year. I mean. Like a, some some years it starts early in January. Some years it starts later in in February. Based on like when Ash Wednesday. All right, you have to come over here. You can't just talk from the side. What's your wife's What's your wife's name? What is your name? Lori. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Lori. Hi, Lori. Oh, that was it. Be careful with her. She tells Lori stories. She's telling she tells stories like I tell right now. <laughs> I can tell she wants to be part of this. I know. Uh, she does. She does. Come over here. I want to hear a story about Lori DJing. I want to know Lori's yeah. biggest DJ pet peeve. Lori DJing story. She's she's actually won all kinds of awards and shit, man. Nice. She won the best DJ, I think, the last uh, what five years straight in a couple of magazines and shit in our area. Oh, that is nice. So she's she's she when we can get her with my band, she does. She's our hype girl. She gets on a microphone, talks shit to everybody, gets everybody dancing and moving around, you know, and. And make sure it's it's a proper party. And we, you know, we both had experience with that in the bar business because we used to have DJs in our, you know, we would hire a DJ and they, they'd be great for three weeks and then they would suck. They'd hate their life. And we we started DJing on our own. I'm like, well, fuck that. We're gonna save five hundred dollars a weekend and we're just gonna DJ. So mm-hmm. we would DJ and we just take the microphone, I'd just drink all night. You know, I'm like typical DJ stuff. Hey, motherfucker, put your drinks up. You know, and of course people would do it, you know, and it, it, we started doing the hype shit and people liked it, you know, and if you go to places now, the DJs don't even talk that much anymore. She still does. She's all over the microphone and, you know, she's all up on the, the newest, hottest shit, you know, and she and she still enjoys it sometimes for the most part. <laughs> what is your what is your drink of choice when you're out? You know, I, I stick with Crown and I hope my doctor doesn't listen to this because and. Because I, I love Jaeger bombs. I don't know what it is. It's, I know it's a fucking... They're so good, It's though. a fucking devil. Jaegermeister is a fucking devil. <laughs> Every stupid thing I've ever done, I think, in my life was because of Jaegermeister and, and my own fucked up personality. But, you know, I don't know what it is, man. Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs are a staple in Old Town, where I, you know, where I go hang out mostly. There's this bartender that he manages Old Town Tavern where I live and... He's the Jagerbomb guy. I've been doing shots with, with Nate Heron. I've been doing Jagerbomb shots with Nate Heron for probably 25 years. It didn't matter where we were. I went to college with him, you know, and I'd see him somewhere. He's like, do Jagerbomb? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. You know, and the next thing you know, 15 Jagerbombs later, you know, we're, we're climbing the cell phone tower behind the bars. 
right. <laughs> 300 feet off the ground. Jaeger bombs, man. I, you know, and yeah. I, I tried to lay off of them, man. I had, I had like uh, some heart issues a few years ago. So I went back to Crown. Crown just works for me, dude. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know all the liquors. I know all the fancy shit, you know, and, and it just, I go with what works. Like mm-hmm. if you want me to drink vodka, I always tell them no. Vodka makes me break out in handcuffs. And it fucking does. The yep. only time I've been arrested for being drunk was because I drank some jello shots with vodka and, you know, fucking 190 and all that nasty shit, you know. So I try to stick with Crown. Crown just works for me. And I, every now and then I'll, I'll venture off and do something else. I like Crown. I like Jameson, Jägermeister. I'll never do another shot of Fireball as long as no. I live. No. It's, yeah. yeah. We all went through that phase, It was real right? good for like three months. I think we've all been fireballed. There's, there's, yeah. There should be a, a, a term in, in Wikipedia of being fireballed because, that, I mean, I've been drunker than, than should ever be allowed by law, but I've only been carried out of a place one time in my life, and that was because I did a bunch of fireball. Yeah. It was I mean, really good. Three months, and then it just started to give the worst hangovers. No. I'm never doing it. I'm never touching fireball ever again. I know. But then there's always there's always that one person you're with who wants to do shots and like we're all getting fireball shots. And you're like, no. <laughs> like like that was like ten years ago, maybe, but now never again. Now it's got, all about we you get you guys are never gonna get sponsored by fireball now. Now it's everyone wants green tea shots. At least up here, everyone's ordering yeah. green tea. I mean, I like the green tea shot. I'd rather have a Jaeger bomb. I'd rather have a Jaeger bomb, dude. I get, I get the energy kick from Yes, so good for your heart. I know, and yeah. my doc, my doctor said that he. I believe him too. I think if you did enough of them, your heart would explode. Well, yeah, you it's know? uppers and downers. You're doing, you're doing an upper yeah. and you're doing a downer. Yeah, Jaeger bombs are dangerous, man. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other shots that are that are just as dangerous. I used to get in trouble all the time for blowing fire. Yeah. Back when I first started bartending, you could still make flaming Dr. Peppers. I don't mm. think anybody can make them anymore. But you can't set shit on fire anymore. You know. I worked at this bar called Bimini Bay, and the owner used to stay on my ass, dude, because, I mean, I'd always have a crowd of people around the back, and, you know, a lot of people wanted Flamin' Dr. Pepper, so I'd make them, you know, make shit maybe 20 or 30 at a time, and I would just overflow the 151. I'd take a big shot and set the whole bar on fire, you know, and he'd come back here, stop fucking burning shit or you're fired, motherfucker! Get the fuck out of here, you know, and then I'm like, all right, am I fired? No! <laughs> Go back to work! <laughs> you know? That's some of the best shit, and that's some of the best memories of the bar business, man. You know, my best memories of the bar business were bartending. You know, I met some of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet, dude. That You know, some of our regulars that used to come in and out of the bar. I mean, we had a bunch of old dudes that used to come to the bar, and one of the guys taught me how to fly. You know, I mean, I learned, I became a pilot from the, uh, one of our fucking regulars. And he's like, What's, what was one thing you'd, you'd want to do in your life? I didn't even think, I didn't even know he was a pilot. I didn't really think about it. I said, I want to fly a plane. He's like, well, it just so happens that I'm a flight instructor. And he was one of my regulars. So guess what? His name was Fred Lawshay, dude. He, he was a fucking maniac. This guy was 78 years old when he died. I always thought he would die in a plane crash. But he died on his motorcycle going fucking flat out on some old country road. You know, I mean, it, that's where you meet those cool people, man. I mean, you meet... Shit, we, I don't know if you, you guys watch wrestling. and Nobody watches wrestling. But anyway, I, you remember Hacksaw Duggan? Guy from the eighties with the two by four. Anyway, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he was he was a superstar. He was almost big as Hulk Hogan back in the day. They had they were putting on some shitty wrestling event. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say shitty, but anyway, it was it was a great event, great family <laughs> fun. Anyway, so I go there and I see Hacksaw Duggan, and I'm like, I gotta get this guy to the fucking bar, dude. 
this guy, I mean, when I was a kid, this guy was larger than life, man. This guy, he's still, I mean, the guy was shit, six, seven, six, eight. He's a monster. So I says, uh, say, man, do you drink? He said, oh, yeah. So I said, uh, look, I got this bar down the street. If you'll come out and hang out just for a little while, I'll, I'll buy you drinks all night, buy you food, whatever you want, whatever you want. So I'm thinking, that, you know, he's never coming. He's never coming. And, you know, two hours later, he pops in. He walks in the door. And he actually checked IDs for a while, just fucking around, you know. I said, uh, we'll check some IDs, just fuck with people, you know. He's like, I need my glasses. I can't see that shit. I'm like, don't worry about it. We got we got other bouncers here. They'll check for you. <laughs> he stood by the door and he checked IDs. This guy I grew up with was like, hey, man, that bouncer looks like Hacksaw Duggan. I was like, it is Hacksaw, man. He's fucking hard up these days. Fuck <laughs> yeah! So the guy was so cool, and he hung, he hung out all night. He signed autographs, man. And he just hung out with people and took pictures. He was the nicest, most gracious guy ever, dude. Like, I, I was never a wrestling fan. I mean, I was when I was a little kid, but, you know, I was never in my adult life. But that guy, he he, he made it to the top of my list because he's the coolest fucking dude ever. That's awesome. You want to hear some more gross shit? Yeah. Yeah. I got some really gross shit that I don't know if I should, you know. There's some shit I'm afraid to say because I, I don't want to get shot. Or A lot of it has to do with shit, though. I'm looking at... You know, I wrote down some stuff, you know, and it's all shit. There's there's so many shit stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we ask people the yeah, gross things, vomit, it's either right? shit and vomit. Shit and vomit. And, and sometimes, vomit, for some reason, why is it, it's always chicken and too. rice. Sometimes it's sex. Yeah, there's a lot of sex that goes on. If it was your day to clean it up, you had to clean it up. No, no, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> no, no, it don't touch that. That's one thing. You could never talk a bartender into touching fucking jizz. They might wipe up shit. They might wipe up vomit, blood. But jizz is off limits. <laughs> like, no, fuck you. I quit. I'm out of here. I'm out. <laughs> There's a lot of people that, that know me around here, you know, and I, I'm probably, we're pro- my band's probably never going to play another family show again if they listen to this. But <laughs> What, what, yeah. wait, remind me the name of your, remind me the name of your band. Rhythm Chasers. Rhythm, Rhythm Chasers. Chasers Band. Rhythm where, Chasers Band. Where, uh, what kind of music is it? What? High Energy Cover Band. Oh, yeah. My wife says, High Energy Covers. That's a, that's a lot of what we do is high energy shit. Yeah. You know I mean, we like to play music that pumps the crowd, man. I mean, like I said, I came up in that high energy bar business. You know, when you get that adrenaline, I mean, one of the first busy places I worked, you know, was that place Bimini Bay. I mean, it's, the capacity was probably, you know, two or three hundred. And we probably had a thousand people in there every night. Yeah. It was crazy, man. Even on like a Thursday night. Thursday night, we'd have, you know, six, seven, eight hundred people show up, you know, and it, it was just it was that was one of the most fun bars I ever worked at. It was cool. You know, the owners were cool. All, them, all the bartenders were cool, except for a couple of bouncers. You know, there's, there's, always, there's always one bouncer that the bartenders don't fucking like. And you, no matter who it is, you try to like them. You're like, all right, I'm going to like this guy. And you'll, you'll be the last holdout bartender. No, no. They're like, fuck him. And I'm like, no, I like him. I like him. He's good. And then he fucks up, you know, and he, he, pisses, he pisses you off and everybody else. You're like, all right, now, fuck that guy fire him he kicks somebody in the face you know what i mean i'm thinking like, i'm thinking i really want to hear a cover of i'm a cowboy wanted uh, dead or alive bon jovi do you cover it oh yeah we do that song i feel yeah. like i knew that you did yeah, that, song. Do that. that we yeah. do so much man i mean you know we do a lot of shit that came we do new shit you know we do new country old country we do new rock old rock pop whatever these guys i play with they can they can do anything so like our drummers, he he's kind of fucking crazy. He actually used to drum with Steppenwolf. You remember the old band Steppenwolf? Yeah, yeah. Born yeah. to Be Wild. Yeah, our drummers like he's just 
he's fucking nuts. If you ever, his name is Jack English. Like he's an old cat from L.A. Man, he's an old hired gun musician from L.A. And my guys, you know, they went to L.A. with him to some. Uh, I think it's called Lan or something. Nah, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, they they went to some you know music convention in L.A. And he's he always tells us all these people he knows, all these famous musicians. We're like, whatever, sure, Jack. And so they went with him to L.A. and they're walking through and there's all these super famous people that my guys probably look up to. And they're like, hey, fucking Jack English, look at that motherfucker, you know. And it's like, holy shit, he knows all these people. <laughs> he's the weirdest guy, but he's one of those guys, if you, if you meet him, you'll never forget him. These guys are just fantastic musicians. We started off, man, I was kind of like a fucking deer in the headlights because you know, I knew everybody in the bar business, so I was I was getting to start gigs, you know. I'm like, I'd talk to my friends. My friend Jimmy owns Old Town Tavern. I'm like, hey, man, I started this band. Let us play in your bar. And he's like, Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? they didn't do a whole lot of live music, but he gave us our first show, you know. So, you know, I was always thankful that he did give us our first show. Yeah. Where can we, where can people find, do you have like a, a Facebook or uh, an Instagram where people can find your band? Yeah, we got a uh, Facebook Rhythm Chasers Band. That's what it's called on Facebook. No yeah, Instagram. Yeah, Rhythm Chasers Band. We're in, we're out of Southeast Louisiana. Cool. I don't I, know if there's any other Rhythm Chasers on Facebook. I hope not. <laughs> What's Lori's DJ? What's Lori's DJ's account? She is uh, DJ Brass. DJ Brass, Louisiana. All right, cool. She's badass, man. Like, yeah. I probably should have included her in, the, in this interview because she likes to talk too. So, you know. oh, we'll just schedule a second inter- interview just for her. So uh, that's well, yeah, she, she's probably chomping at the bit right now. You know, she's <laughs> she's a really interesting person too, man. She really is. You know, a lot, a lot of people, you know, for some reason people like she and I. I mean, because we just don't sugarcoat shit, man. I mean, I don't know why, but people people. You know, I guess we were the old wise bar people, you know, so a lot of the people still come to us and talk to us about their lives, you know, and, you know, as a bartender, she wasn't a bartender, but, you know, after we, we owned the bar, she kind of was, she was an honorary bartender. She, she, I'm like, Hey, you got a fucking bartender day. That bitch didn't show up, you know? So she had to sit there and be the therapist, you know, and there's people that come in and people come to bars because they don't like to drink alone, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you have to sit there and talk to them and talk to them about their life. They don't necessarily want to hear about your fucking life, you know what I mean? but they want to tell you about their life. And, you know, sometimes you just got to listen. And it, it's funny because working in the bar business, a lot of the people that I thought were sitting there lying to me about shit, you know, about, I'm like, this guy's full of shit. And then I would find out later, I had this old regular named Max, man. And I always thought Max was the biggest bullshitter. Like, no matter what you said, you know, you're like, I had a German Shepherd. Ah, three of those, you know, I'm like. You know, I had a Corvette, man. Oh, yeah, I, I, I had one, too. I, I, I had a blue one. I had a blue one? You know, I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. So he died a few years ago, and we went, I went to his funeral, and I'm thinking, I was like, Max was full of shit. And then I talked to his son. He told me, he's like, you know, when I went into the oil field, he's like, man, I got this son that's an executive for Exxon. He's very high up, you know, runs all kinds of shit. I'm like, okay, whatever. What the fuck ever, Max? So at his funeral, I met his fucking son, that was a huge executive for Exxon Oil, you know, and like all these people I talked to at the funeral verified pretty much all the stuff that I thought he was bullshitting me about. Yeah. Well, but I think I, a lot of the time it comes down to people want to tell their actual stories. Yeah. And yeah sometimes they they're, they're lonely and they don't have anyone to listen. And so they sit and they tell them and yeah. it sounds like bullshit because they're just being honest. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something, man, you, you know, a lot of bartenders take that shit for granted, man, but you might be the last thing that you might be the last person they ever talk to sometimes. 
And I've dealt with that too, dude. I've been the last person that somebody talked to before in their life. That's some crazy shit, man, to, to sit there and think about. You know, somebody might have a lot of shit going on and just that one little 10 minute conversation of attention, you know, of you telling them, hey, man, you know, it's fucking, oh, yeah, shit's going to get better, you know? Just that little bit of you telling them something, man, might change their mind. It might sway them. They might fucking leave and commit suicide, or they might just say, hey, you know what? That guy was right. I think I'm going to go home and I'm going to have a beer and I'm going to roll my old lady over and we'll have a good time. I'm going to get up tomorrow. I'm going to have a better day, you know? Yep. One thing I can tell you about the barbers, I forget, I was going to, what was I talking about? I'm fucking drunk now. <laughs> Do people ever talk about stealing? How much shit people people steal from bars? Talk to us because no one has. Yeah, but it happens. People fucking steal from bars. People steal. We we see you. There's fucking cameras everywhere, right? I'm sitting in a bar one night. Our liquor rep gave us some these gray goose eggs. They were candles. They're pretty cool. I'm like, ah, check these out, you know? So sitting there, and over the course of a couple of weeks, they started disappearing. You know, my wife always wanted to put them on the tables and make them look nice. I'm like, people are going to fucking steal those in, in one night. So they stole most of them. And I'm sitting at a table with you know, all these people that I that I knew. I knew everybody at the table except this one lady, right? And I see the lady. She blows out the candle, you know, draws it out a little bit, takes the wax out of it, and stuffs it in her purse. And she looks at me and she goes, shh. She's like, don't tell anybody. All my friends are at the table and they're like, that's a... Don't fucking say shit. I looked at the lady and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say it. Don't worry about it. Just take it. Just take it. They don't know. They don't know. You know? <laughs> People steal so much fucking shit, dude. Like, I mean, we had like 24 cameras in the bar. We used to cook these turkeys every year for Thanksgiving, right? Every year for Thanksgiving, my business partner, he, had, he owned all kinds of businesses. So he would cook turkeys and give all the turkeys to his clients and friends and families and stuff like that. Bartenders, their kids and families, whatever. So we're sitting there one night and I'm looking down the street. I'm like, what the fuck? And somebody says, hey, there's there's this lady in the trailer with this 18-wheeler it's full of turkeys, like five, six, well, how many? 700, 800 turkeys that they would take and fry. So I go outside and there's a lady in a fucking red cocktail dress in heels. You know how high an 18-wheeler is? Five, six feet high? She jumps out of that motherfucker like Rambo, dude, like fucking Terminator. <laughs> and she's in high heels. <laughs> She's got two turkeys, and she hooks up down the street. <laughs> and I'm chasing her. I'm like, "Go back here, bitch!" You know, and she's like, "Fuck yeah!" She, she runs off with the turkeys. One lady actually stole our vacuum one night. You know, we had a vacuum to vacuum the bar, and uh, I saw her walking out the gate with it. I'm like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" She's like, "I'm taking this." <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I chased her down the street. She finally dropped the vacuum and took off. Oh, yeah, my wife said she was riding like a scooter. Like, <laughs> yeah. I caught I caught a bunch of 70-year-old women who were regulars. We had this giant Jägermeister sign that our, our liquor reps gave us. It was in the bathrooms. We had cameras in this hallway. So I'm sitting there. I'm doing paperwork one day. It was like a, maybe a Monday or Tuesday, 5 o'clock. And I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? I see them drag a bar stool into the hallway. And the lady pulls the Jaeger sign down. And this Jaeger sign is probably 12 feet wide and 8 feet tall. It was fucking huge. So I'm like, all right, well, let's watch her. Let's see what she does. So she takes it and nicely folds it up and puts it in her giant grandma size purse. And I'm like, no fucking way she's stealing my Jaeger Because I know this lady, right? <laughs> They're regulars. You know? I'm like, there's no fucking way she's 
Uh, yeah, she's wealthy. She's got fucking money, dude. She, she's not poor. She's not going to sell it. She's just stealing it for the sheer joy, the fucking endorphins. She wants to steal. Fuck these motherfuckers, you know? So she, she takes off. I waited a couple of weeks. My liquor rep came in. He's like, hey, where's the Edgar sign? I'm like, I don't know. Somebody stole it. He's like, dude, I need that there. Like, you have to leave that on the wall. You can't take that. I said, motherfucker, I didn't take it home this time. You know, I used, time. I used to call it dumpster diving. When my liquor reps would go in there and check my orders in the back, <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go rifle through their cars and see what they had, you know. like <laughs> i get some new fruit trays. <laughs> like, I need some fruit trays. I need some bar mats, you know. One time he even had a NASCAR hood. We didn't have that kind of bar, but I'm like, fucking NASCAR hood. He would always want us to put it on the wall, display it. So I would display whatever I could get from him. I would display it for at least a couple of weeks. And then we'd have, we used to have these theme parties and we'd just give everything away. Back in the day, you could buy a Jaeger machine for like 50 bucks. Or you get, I don't know, you order three cases of Jaeger, you get a free machine. So every time we had a big theme party, we'd, the, some of the prizes were Jaeger machines. And I would tell people, I'm like, look, sell this motherfucker. Don't put this in your house. Like somebody's going to burn your, your friends are going to burn your house down. Don't take a Jaeger machine home and put it in your house for your friends to fucking drink because they will burn your house down. Yeah. Jaeger sticks, it stays in the bar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Stay, keep it in the bar. Hey, anyway, you know, my liquor reps, they got to hate me after a while because, I mean, at the time we were, we were one of the busiest places around. So, you know, I tell him, what, I need all this shit. He's like, no, you don't. Like, Stop stealing out of my car. <laughs> I take his, I take his keys. I'm like, dum, dum. <laughs> you got any of us? Oh, oh we, yeah, we did. We gave that hood, we gave that NASCAR hood away. These people booked a party at our bar. And they said, uh, and we have a white trash bash. I'm like, yes. So <laughs> all these people showed up, you know, and they were, you know, they were missing teeth. And the chick that won the costume contest had a, you know, she had overalls, a big pregnant belly, smoking cigarettes. The guy that put on the party owned a junkyard. So he he took a, a shitty Toyota Tercel out of a junk like an eighty-two Toyota Tercel out of a junkyard and he had it wrapped. That fucking wrap probably cost him five thousand dollars. And that was the prize for the party. It barely ran I don't know how they got it out of there. But whoever won whoever won the contest drove that piece of shit out of Old Town. So. <laughs> 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 fucking my trash bag, baby. So we gave away the NASCAR hood that night. Mm. I was all pissed off. He's like, why'd you give away the NASCAR hood? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think, uh, oh yeah, you know, they, they did ask me my favorite bars. I hit us them. with them. Hit us with them. Give, us, give us the bars. All right. Have you guys ever been to South Alabama? <laughs> no. Florida. Can't say. Oh, South oh, Florida Alabama. Right now, Florida. Yeah. No, can't say. There's that. a bar that cuts the, the border in uh, half. It's called Florabama. It's, wait. It's, I've heard of this bar. Dude, Florida, it's, it's, it's the most it's the most famous beach bar in America. Like okay. when I started playing music, that was my fucking. It, it, it's the most fun place you'll ever go to. It's it's huge. It's massive. Every night you go there, there's there's three thousand people in there, and it's it's been open since the fifties. It's the big. It's like a live music mecca on the coast. It's so cool, dude. Like my band just got a gig there, man, and we were like, ah, oh, dude. I'm like that. That was my on my bucket list, but yeah, that is my favorite bar to go to in America. I mean. As far as big bars, but all the small shit, all my favorite shit, man, is here in this town, dude. I mean, you know, I, I, I love going to Old Town Tavern. I love going to, you know, 
they got a few bars. There's Old Town Tavern, there's Brass Monkey, there's Electric Avenue, Heidelberg's, Old Town Live. There's all these little bars where we live, man, and it's 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 kind of a tight knit community. Everybody's so fucking cool. Like I said, you know how it is, man. When you know all the bartenders, it's it's, yep. it's the best shit ever, man. Mm-hmm. Then there's the landing. So you know the landing. Like I said, I told you about the little water bar that we play at sometimes, man. The landing is just, you know, Mary Mary Thiessen is like salt of the earth, dude. She's all the musicians that live in this area and all the bartenders are like her children. Oh, that's awesome. You know what I mean? When you go in the landing, I guarantee every fucking bartender in this area mm-hmm. knows who Mary is and Mary knows who they are. It's one of those places where the bartenders go on their day off. And that's, that's the bars that you want to be at. Anyway. Agreed. Yeah. For sure. Agreed. I, Mike, this was awesome. This was so fucking good. Yeah, you, you that those stories. We could if you want to brainstorm, we're gonna do we could do a part two of this down the road. We, we got Lori involved. Mike, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Hey, this was cool, man. It was fun. Yeah. This was awesome. So to somebody other than people that don't want to hear my shit anymore. Thank you so much. Thanks, All right, guys. Mike. Thank you. Uh-huh. Have a great night. Bye, Laurie. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Here at the buyback, one of the things we want to do is talk about bar etiquette. So here is our bar rule. Bar rule. I don't know. I'm just fucking around. John, if you could be any drink, what would you be? Sex on the beach. (laughs) That's good. Uh, As a side note, do you have a bar rule? (laughs) I do. Um, You know what? This is like, you've been trying to get me to be more positive and proactive oh. for these bar rules. You said you said I was a little negative, so I'm going to be a little bit more proactive in things that people can do ahead of time so we don't get angry. Okay. Um, so, so still negative things, just no, no. to mitigate the negative. Well, it just shows that you're paying attention to what's going on in the okay. bar as a, as a customer or a client or a guest, as some fancier establishments okay. call it. Um, or John, if you're... Anyway. Um... So if you happen to notice, usually around it happens sometime between like 6 and 9 o'clock at night, your bartender's like wrapping up because another bartender has shown up. Um, just ask them. You don't even have to just do it automatically, but ask them uh, if they want to close with you. Mm. Because when bartenders change over, they usually either have to collect the tips or they have to pass the tips along and hope they get tipped out later. Um, just ask your bartender if they want you to close with them because it's, uh, it's really helpful. And I always appreciate when... When another bartender comes in and I start closing up a couple of regulars, be like, oh, let me let me close with you. Or by they'll just throw you a couple bucks. By close, you mean pay their tab with you. No, put on clothes. Well, like there's people here now. Let's put on some well, clothes. Well, I understand that. But <laughs> so when bar rule of the night is if you are spending time at the bar with the bartender and the bartender is getting off their ship, ship, shift, ship, ship. Why are you on a ship? Shift. I don't know. Are we both on the ship? <laughs> We're not. You should. This close, is a ship shape rule, you Alex. You should close out with that bartender because you want to tip the person who is serving you. And if they don't, if uh, you close out with the next bartender, there is a chance, depending on the establishment, that that bartender will get all of the previous bartender's tips. And going back to a previous rule, additionally, if you don't want to close because you know you're there for a little bit longer, cash is king. Mm. Just mm. kind of figure out how much yeah, that's a you great. owe and then just tip the bartender some cash and yes. say thanks. I'm going to stick around though. Yes. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed The Buyback, follow us on Twitter at The Buyback, on Instagram at The Buyback Podcast, or email us at the buyback podcast at gmail.com.
We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. If you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time. Well, there we go. And I'm like Kogan, motherfuckers!